Hello, everyone, and welcome to season three of Crave Arts Presents The Future of Film, featuring intimate interviews with the best emerging filmmakers from around the world. My name is Tom Oliva, and I am co-founder and executive director of Crave Arts and the All-American High School Film Festival, dedicated to discovering, showcasing, and uniting the next generation of visual storytellers and content creators. Some quick updates from the All-American Bulletin Board as we gear up for our 10th annual festival in New York City. Our 2022 festival takes place this October 21st to 23rd, and all of our ticket options are currently on sale via our website and Film Freeway. Our Elite All Access Pass early bird pricing is available through August 5th, and submissions are still open via Film Freeway with the final deadline on July 1st. Head over to hsfilmfest.com to get the latest news and updates about the 2022 festival, including our 2021 highlight reel, downloadable 2022 budget guide, planning guides, and posters, because it's never too early to begin planning your all-American adventure. A friendly reminder that we are offering two new custom categories this year. They're totally free and open until July 1st. We have the Undistracted Driving PSA category, offering you the chance to submit original PSAs about the dangers of distracted driving. And the Representation Through Storytelling category, presented by Storyblocks, invites you to submit a short film or documentary that reflects the diverse world we live in and highlights the stories of historically excluded voices. More information at hsfilmfest.com slash 2022-custom-categories. And if you plan on attending the fest in New York City, we highly recommend competing in our film invitational competitions, the world's premier on-site student filmmaking competitions in New York City. We offer a variety of authentic, real-world production experiences for student filmmakers and video production programs, your chance to crew up and produce a short film in just 10 weeks. Registration is open. All right, special guest today. Jackson Coates. Where do I begin to explain our relationship with this game-changing alumni from 2020 and 2021? Perhaps it's best to say that I really like Jackson. I like his ability to share relevant stories in diverse styles, his ability to share a consistent voice full of engaging personality regardless of the genre, his attention to the little details of the craft that ultimately help him communicate with his audience, his obvious eagerness to create what he wants, how he wants, and his ownership of his growth and intentions with gracious humility. Simply put, it has been a pleasure to be invited to participate in Jackson's gifts as a cinematic storyteller, as he explored and emerged all at once. Our communal relationship has proved a complicated but worthwhile exploration of an undeniable talent at the crossroads between that talent and the tumultuous process of, even at a young age, sharing productions with the film festival circuit. And wow, did Jackson open our eyes to what it means to admire, review, and ultimately judge emerging storytellers. A bit of backstory. We knew the name. Jackson's 2020 submissions revealed a keen eye for provocative storytelling, a lens capable of illuminating abstract, experimental, and purposeful comedy concepts equally with more traditional, engaging, and fully researched documentary stories. Diverse story concepts that said bluntly, 
I'm trying everything. I have stories I need to share, and I'm darn good at all of this. And his 2020 submissions contended a slew of award nominations across three genres and several technical categories ensued. Nominations for Best Documentary for Turning Point, Best Comedy, NARC, and Best Experimental, Holographic Dreams. Little did we know that this wasn't the last we would hear from Jackson, and our journey was just beginning. Jackson's 2021 submission, Holographic Dreams, or The Art of Nature and the Nature of Art, was nominated for Best Doc and Best Overall Film, and won our Maverick Award. It was also the only complete film we screened at our 2021 Teen Indie Award Show. Why? Because it is actually about the process of creating, submitting, and challenging the very act of creating, submitting, and challenging the production and ultimate judgment of art. If this sounds brazen and complicated, that's because it is. Needless to say, we were surprised to open his submission and realize that the film was a detailed documentation of the creation and submission of a fake film. The film, Holographic Dreams, which we actually accepted, screened, and even nominated in 2020. And by the way, so did South by Southwest. The process of this endeavor began back in 2019, a two-year odyssey determined to uproot the very nature of art and whether or not intention makes a difference in how others perceive what one creates and shares with the world. Of course, it helps that his documentary and the entire laborious process of creating both a fake film and the real behind-the-scenes documentary is outstanding. A cavernous production effort full of rambunctious energy, undeniable passion, and so many wildly moving parts that it's hard to believe it actually worked. It's equal parts playful and serious, full of engaging and purposeful mixed media and provocative commentary, and despite the weight of the subject and depth of the mission, it's also incredibly entertaining. Watch it. Imagine you are the target of the ruse and also the inspiration for the ruse, and I dare you not to be inspired by Jackson's vision and talent. I am honored and excited to be speaking with Jackson Coates today. Hey, Jackson, welcome. How are you, my man? I'm great. Thank you so much for the introduction. You're making me blush. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you, you saw you saw all of that I, I i have a hard time myself explaining the documentary uh and i think that's probably one of the only ways you can in, the, in a lengthy two minute <laughs> explanation yeah i i went a little longer than usual because i i think that backstory is really important and obviously i'm, I'm excited to speak about that film and and your other work and what you're up to now and so many other things but of course as tradition we have to start with personal portrait in this quick reply exercise, I'll say a word and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Not awkward at all, right? Yeah. All right, you ready? Yes. Here we go. The view from your window right now. The L. What's the L? Uh, the CTA train. It's about right there. It's my backyard to be more specific, but you can see it. Well, right I'm, glad, I'm happy that you have a window, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee, black coffee. Oh, nice. That's the way I like it as well. I like the bitterness, you know? Yeah. Your favorite season of the year? 
spring. Favorite film genre? Uh, probably thriller. Your stories come from? Me. Oh, have to dig into that. <laughs> the role of a director is to? I would say, I would say it's to lead simply. The most important thing a film can do is? Engage with your audience. Collaboration. Essential. Film school. Maybe essential. <laughs> Does intention matter? No. And finally, the All-American High School Film Festival. All-encompassing. All right. Thank you so much for that, Jackson. Now let's dive a bit deeper into all things Jackson Coates. There's so much I want to talk about, not the least of which is holographic dreams, but let's start with where you are right now and what you're up to. Yeah, so I'm actually in full pre-production of uh, my biggest film so far, uh, and that's shooting like mid-May. So I'm in, I'm in the trenches right now. So exciting, exciting time, but also very, very tumultuous. And so we're, we're really, really just going day by day. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited and obviously cannot wait to see it. I hope you will keep me informed on the progress. Um, what genre is the film? Is it indeed a thriller? No. So uh, it's a it's a comedy uh, satire kind of in a way it has. It is it has it's very narrative based in terms of like uh, I, there's like dramatic thrilling aspects to it. But in the same like vein of kind of like narc, like a more matured narc, in my opinion, uh, that, that's kind of that's kind of the, the idea. Okay, so listeners, you can check out NARC. We'll have a link to that in the description and then await whatever Jackson's next project is that is a more mature version, uh, which I guess it wouldn't, shouldn't be that hard to do. Uh, NARC is, is definitely rooted in your high school experience yeah. uh, and, and a film I very much enjoyed. Um, it, does this film that you're working on have a working title? Yeah, so it's called, it's called More. It's, it's just called More. Uh, yeah and it, it, i would just say it, narc is very it has that same kind of like really youth energy uh and that's i think a lot of my films right now are gonna have just because i'm i'm a youth <laughs> but uh narc is also very rough around the edges i think in, in terms of like high school production just camera equipment gear where i'm trying to polish it and make it seem a lot keep the energy but uh you know refine my refine my style a lot more it's really humble of you to to say that and characterize Narc that way. Um, it, I think it it could have easily won the ca comedy category that year if the production was a little bit tighter. I think that did hold it back um, story wise. You know, it, it immediately showed us that you were a, a real emerging talent, um, and we love the story and what a great concept to focus on. Um, so that's some great perspective. I also love one word titles. You know, some of your film titles, they, maybe they get a little long, you know, we'll get into <laughs> yes. that. Um, but I actually um, have a lesson plan in our uh, video production resource community that's all about taking one word and exploring the options for how you can create a story around it and the double entendres and the different directions you can go. And I, I just love that idea of more. Um, I'm gonna have to add that word in there. I don't think I have it. That's, well, and I also do wanna add, uh... That year, I think that NARC was competing in the comedy category. 
is a great that there were some fantastic films that year uh off the top of my head i just went because there was one called everything bagel that's fantastic and then no fan of andy too so i was like that that was a really great year too and i remember watching those films being like oh <laughs> uh, again very humble for you to say that um it was and you know it's funny different years different categories are, are strong or weak um, and it really depends, but that was an incredibly strong comedy year. Um, we still use many of those films in our roadshow and lesson plans. You know, they're, they're just terrific examples of storytelling and maximizing the potential of the, uh, the genre. Uh, but you were right up there with them, that's for sure. Um, so you have this big project. Is it a feature length film or is it another short? No, it's a short. It's a, it's probably gonna be around 15 minutes. Uh, it might be a minute before I do a feature. That's on the agenda, but it's gonna be a little bit later down the horizon. Uh, yeah, it's about 15 minutes. The script's uh, 20 pages, but I like to cut. I like to cut my films really fast. Oh, I wanna. I hope we get a chance to talk about it a little bit more. But otherwise, best of luck yeah. with the project. You know, I hope things continue to go well for you. And obviously, I can't wait to see it. So. Where are you living right now? You're in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I'm in an apartment uh, in Chicago, just right off campus. So, yeah. So you're I'm enrolled in film school. I am. I'm enrolled in film school. I'm a BA in film and television. At DePaul University. At DePaul University, yes, sir. So why did you feel like film school was the right fit for you? We talk about this a lot on the show. I, I, I know that you listen, so you're probably aware of that. And I, I like to ask, you know, uh, we get a lot of different responses. Why was it the right fit for you? So uh, I think it was, it was something I never really questioned. I was always kind of, I always kind of knew I was going to go to film school. Uh, and my mom and my parents were very much, uh, you're going to college. And I didn't, you know, I didn't want to, there was, there's nothing, there's nothing else that really, that interests me. Uh, you know, I don't want to sound like that, but it, there really is like, if I'm going to college, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be a film major, uh, and I never I never really knew where was where I was going. I had a lot of uh, a lot of specific colleges I wanted to go to, and I ended up applying to about like ten or so, uh, and I I got rejected from nearly every single one except for DePaul and Baylor University, which they have a film program. Uh, but I was you know I was DePaul DePaul's film program is really good, so I was like okay I'll go there. You got rejected from almost all the schools you applied to. Yeah, I did. I did. Well, for those <laughs> of you listening who uh, may be facing some rejections of your own, uh, whether it's submitting to festivals or, or colleges or, or any sort, just know that someone as talented as Jackson also gets rejected, uh, but keeps pushing forward. I was going to ask why DePaul, and, and I, it, it sounds like it's not just because it was only one of a few options. You're from Texas. Why did you decide to go to Chicago and, and go to DePaul? So I'm like, I was born and raised in a suburb in Texas. And, uh, you know, I, I never, I never really moved. And as much as I'm grateful for like the place I lived, I needed to get out. Uh, it was just, you know, it was something where it's like, as a creative too, if you don't go out and experience experience what the world has to offer you're only going to be able to create what's immediately around you and in my case it wasn't anything of substance in my opinion uh so i just i've just felt an itch to kind of like leave the nest in some way and try and figure out like what what all i'm missing and then i did leave and it's so and i'm only like about like 
a year, a year and a half of uh, being in Chicago, and I view the world completely different. You know, I, I walk down the street and I see like way more people. Like it's just, it's the small things that over time just completely change the way you you uh, interact with people. You know. So it's it's inspiring on a personal level. Do you also find that it's already informing your art? Yeah, yeah, it definitely. Maybe even maybe it's not art, but about the way I go about art. Uh, you know, because at the same, I, I think this my stories are are the same thing, but it's opened me up to like, I became a lot more social and just in in and collaborative and communicative, because when you're living in a city, it's kind of like there's no other option. It's either that or you kind of just like corner yourself in and what's the point of being surrounded by so many resources and so many people if, if, you, stay sh- if you stay shut in. Great advice. So what, what is the actual college experience like? Like what is a day in the life of a college student at DePaul University studying film? So uh, mine's, I, I have to imagine my, my take is gonna be very different from the majority. Number one, because my freshman year was completely online uh, and I didn't make any films. I didn't, I didn't really do anything. So my freshman year was, was completely virtual. And then also I am in very little film classes uh, as of right now, because uh, I, I don't have a concentration in any uh, specific specialty. So I really, I take a lot of like uh, general uh, courses and stuff like that. And basically 90% of my time at DePaul is spent on uh, outside projects, like uh, extracurricular activities uh, and using DePaul resources and DePaul connections to kind of do what I want outside of the school. Do you have a, a, a favorite class or assignment, something that sort of stands out from your first couple of years? And I, I can't even imagine what it was like being a first year student and everything being remote. I commend everyone who has gotten through this this period uh, i watched my own kids um i had the challenge of you know them being in their bedrooms and like doing physical education class and just hearing like them like jogging in place and <laughs> you know just really just odd surreal stuff um and, and i can't imagine what that was like but i would love to hear about and it doesn't even have to be film related just a morbid curiosity of like what's something that stood out to you yeah uh, I would say I had, uh, it probably, yeah, it probably wouldn't be a film class because I've been, I've had like only like two or three production classes. Uh, I had a really great feminism, like rhetoric of U.S. feminism because I, I, you know, I took it just kind of, uh, I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know a lot about this material. And I think that's a really great way to select courses is just look at things that, you know, there's a lot of substance in, in, uh, and that you aren't particularly uh, knowledgeable about. And so I'm also take, currently taking a American foreign policy class, you know, cause I, I'm interested in geopolitics, but like who, who I don't know stuff about geopolitics. Uh, so those are two that like, I, I'm actively learning things that I don't think I would, I would have learned, you know. And these projects that you're, you're working on, including this short film more that you're working on, are you, producing that with students at DePaul or are you still working with people back home? So yeah, I, uh, I'm working completely with uh, like a student run production company at DePaul called Paper Crown Pictures. Uh, so we're, we're, we're producing that uh, together. And yeah, it really is just a complete network of uh, college students right now. 
Do you, I just, I like working with people my own age, weirdly enough. I mean, yeah, it makes sense. People you yeah. can relate to and, and who have the same levels of experience and, and passion and drive. Do you feel like some of the relationships you're forming there and the people that you're working with now are already going to become lifelong collaborators? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Uh, it, it's a matter of, it takes time to find those people. Because, uh, you know, with film school comes a lot of just, a lot of different personalities. Because film attracts a lot of different people. Uh, and, you know, it takes time to kind of figure out who you think you would, uh, ide ideology, uh, ideologically you fit with. But uh, once you find them, you can kind of like be like, okay, there's something here. There's there's that same type of like energy, passion, and that's that's really really exciting. That's one of the favorite parts about uh, film outside of film is meeting those like meeting those type of people who care about it just like you do. And what is your your primary role these days? Are like you're the writer and director of this project, or do you do other things as well at this point? So I'm a I'm a writer director just kind of through and through, uh, and I I don't I like that's I don't really like completely labeling myself as that, but it is the thing that it's the only reason really I do film. Uh, it, that's like I love film so 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 much. Uh, I but I don't really love like the 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 uh, production of it outside of uh, the creation of it. If that makes sense, you know. I it's a messy 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 process, but. I love the mess and I love, I love being the one leading it, uh, to that, with that being said, I, I also am very just kind of illiterate when it comes to gear and equipment. <laughs> I don't have value outside of a directorial stance. Uh, I'm also kind of, I work as a script supervisor on a lot of sets, uh, to meet people, that type of stuff. But yeah, I'm, I'm mostly hundred percent concentrated on writing, directing. It's great that you that you see that and that you're able to admit, you know, what you do and do well and what you gravitate toward and, and you know, the areas where you need that level of collaboration with others to help you realize your visions. Just hearing you talk about your role as a director and, and it being a messy process, I, it kind of opens up a, a fascinating window for me. I wonder if, do you see your projects when you're working on them. And this is a great segue to talk about your film from last year, obviously, but do you see them like the matrix or something? Like, do you find that you sort of like have a natural ability to sort through the chaos and figure out what you need to finally put on screen or is it chaos? You know, that's interesting. I, I think it's at the end of the day, it's all kind of film is just like organized chaos. Uh, and I think most filmmakers would agree with that. Even if you have like a super straightforward story, the production of it becomes so, uh, I don't know, out of your control. And that's just how film operates. With that, you know, I, I just, at the same time, you know, you kind of have to, you kind of have to know the, the through line when, when you're making a film, uh, especially when it becomes so complicated, you have to know the end goal. And uh, sometimes you don't always know exactly uh, where it is, but you have to be able to find it. For Holographic Dreams, that didn't come for, a really really long time you know i didn't know how to end the movie for a really really long time but uh it came around and and you kind of you always have to be able to to take all this all this you know for lack of a better word chaos and find find the story within that yeah there's a certain flexibility that's inherent in the production of a film um and we talk about this sometimes when we talk about documentaries in in particular 
um, you have to be willing to go where the story takes you because you might start out thinking it's going to go one direction and then have to totally pivot when another opportunity that maybe is better or more interesting emerges. Yeah, no, a hundred, a hundred percent. When we were making holographic dreams, it started the, the inception of the, the project was let's make a fake movie and fool this festival. And, you know, then, then later down the road, like a year after completed, we, we were looking around all our footage. We had all these people who genuinely liked it. Like I, I, I have friends who, I have friends who, when I showed them a holographic dreams, they were like, this is your best film yet. This is j-. like, and I made narc, which was like my 15, like, like passion, 15 minute passion project. And they were so like, narc was good, but holographic. <laughs> it's brutal. And, <laughs> yeah but but so at the same time that's made me like completely change it because who they 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 found real genuine enjoyment in that so that began to shift and not only all american and also south by it's like that all of this began to shift my preconceptions to realize there's so much more going on than what i thought and it, i would be kind of a fool to to limit limit the film to something so like elementary which would which i which would have been like a uh just proving a festival wrong i really want to talk about it all of it um and 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 it's time so you know obviously you had a pretty good run with all american um several nominations and awards over two years um and you you certainly gave us quite a surprise with the latest film um but i do want to step back first and and discuss your experiences that got you to this point. When did you first start making movies and why? Hmm. So I first, my first movie I ever made was, oh, it's right there actually. It's 2017. So I have a little, I have a little like uh, list on my wall of like all the films I've made timestamps. So it was 2017, which I was probably around like 16 or 17, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty old. I didn't find film because my family isn't into film we don't have a film program at our high school i didn't find film until i was around 14 or 15 and i just started just watching a ton of movies and that that became i grew like an obsession with with watching movies and and i i became really really uh immersed in 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 everything and i i completely fell in love with film as a as an art form then but it wasn't until i found all american truthfully speaking that it shifted me into filmmaking because it gave it it kind of showed me there's so much more for me though you know for like a design for a designated demographic uh and then i met you know a couple friends at film camp uh gopal dawood arjun and i had no equipment i had no gear so meeting them kind of opened up everything and i was actually finally able to start start making movies when i was 17 18 around and i was just writing at the time uh but yeah it was it's a you know it was a rough rough process at the very beginning uh a very rough process i'd say i mean you had no you had no film program it's amazing to me that a a school a community with no film program produced so many great filmmakers um what a nice little pocket of talent that you (laughs) found yourself in um and yet you figured it out and and you know, so what were some of those early movies that you were watching that sort of gave you the inspiration to try to do this on your own? So truthfully speaking, the first thing that got me in a film was like Marvel movies. 
Uh, and I know that's a hot topic right now. And my opinion's a very hot opinion, so I won't get into that. But uh, Marvel movies were the reason I got into to film, weirdly enough. Uh, and then over time, I started just watching uh, 1970s uh, American movies, American cinema, like uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, uh, A Dog Day Afternoon. Just these these really classic seminal movies, uh, and then and then I started when I was like fifteen. I had these classes, and <laughs> I had these classes like freshman sophomore year that were about ninety minutes uh, in length, and I was able to 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 fully watch uh, a foreign film in those times. So I would be in my geography class watching. I I was in my geography class watching like. Uh, French extremity movies, which were like really way too brutal. And I don't know, I was just obsessed with like, just watching films. And uh, I, I, yeah, so I, I started off really, uh, really young and really violent with films. But, you know, I, I eventually grew my grew my taste. And I, I have a deep appreciation for all. It's crazy that you, you totally two different ends of the spectrum, right? Like over <laughs> the top CGI fantasy, and then yeah. this like gritty realism, uh, and ultimately abstract expressionism, um, film noir, and yeah, I mean, it's just it's really interesting. I mean, it's it's a even though it was just a few years, it's a great breadth of uh, material for you to draw from, um, yeah. and I can't even imagine what it must have been like just sort of like sitting down and typing out your first script when you had never done it before. What, what is your process like? Uh, my process back then was Google drive formatted scripts. So I would, it would be horribly formatted, horribly written because you don't know how to write a script when you're a kid. Uh, nowadays, I just, nowadays I just write, I just write kind of all the time and over time, I just keep refining scripts that uh, I like, like more and more. And then, you know, you know, when one hits and one, when one is your next film, you kind of always have that instinctual feeling. Uh, but my process is at the very core. It's kind of, it starts with the writing. You know, I have, I have visions and like images and be like, like I have one now that I'm like, oh, I really want to, I really want to pull with that. I really want to uh, take something out of it. But at the same time, it's not real until you start writing you know, until you start really conceptualizing it. Uh, and that's like the big, that's always been the biggest thing for me. It's just like, all you need to do is just like sit down at the keyboard and bleed. I think like Hemingway said that or something, but it is, it gets the process of like, uh, just, you just have to write because it's not, it's not a thing until you actually start to uh, tangible, tangibilize it, you know? Are, are you, do you begin with, are you writing paragraphs? Are you writing dialogue or do you, are you, you know, d detailing settings? It's usually just really rough first drafts, you know. I'll get in, I'll I'll get I'll get completely right a first draft uh, script, and then just be like, "That's trash. Let me throw it. Oh, like let me throw it in the folder for now, and I'll revisit it later." You know, I I I, I ha always start with. With that being said, I kind of before I start writing, I do uh, always do kind of like a story breakdown with like a story structure arc. I'm a big fan of as of right right now in my in my age in my development. I'm a big fan of structure. I don't know how that's going to develop as I get older, uh, but I think film. I think student filmmakers really should ground uh, ground themselves in structure because, you know, as much as I, I appreciate twisting story elements to your own will, uh, you know, learn the rules before you break them is always is always my opinion. Uh, so I do start with basically like the uh, the the hero's journey, any type of like regular story structure, and just uh, 
evolve what I want from there going forward. So I have at least a foundation for the story. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think it's great advice. Um, I love the idea of learning the rules before you can break them. I, th I think that is something that I see in so many of the submissions that don't work. Um, you know, play around with the formulas before you start coming up with your own, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah. And I think that's just great advice. Um, so how would you describe, well, let me, let me go back to another question that I really want to ask. Why? Like, why do you do this? You know, it's funny. I, I was talking to someone the other day about this. I really wish like my passion was like, as like an accountant or like a medical, uh, like a medical surgeon, that'd be so, I think that'd be so cool because I'd be able to wake up every day and, and have like clear, clear passion for a, like a job like this. But the thing is, it's, it's not, you know, and I can't, I can't describe it, but it really is something where it's like there, I, there's no, there's no Jackson coats without film, weirdly enough. Uh, and that's really, that sounds kind of stupid to say, but I, it's true. And, uh, it's something where it's like, if film is so essential to who I am, that may at this point, it's hard to like rationalize why, but it's, it's, it's always there. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a ton of sense. I, I wake up almost, uh, I would say almost every day and say, why do I do this really odd thing? Um, <laughs> why do I run a student film festival? There's so many other things I could do that would just have a clearer focus and a clearer path um, and, and just not be so aloof and ambiguous at times. Um, but I can't help myself either. It's just something yeah. that I need to do. And once I started doing it, I wanted to do it even more and even more and to be better and, and to help more. Um, and I have to tell you, it, it means the world to me to know that you had a passion and that the existence of our festival fed that passion because that's exactly why I started it. Um, yeah. I, I, I wanted that outlet to exist so that I don't know how many thousands of filmmakers, young filmmakers before we existed, and we're not the only ones obviously, but before we existed who maybe quit or gave up because they didn't have any way to share and, and be evaluated and then look at the work of their peers and, and you know, have all the resources that we bring together. Um, and I think that's the most important part of, of what we do in so many ways is just the fact that we exist, you know, that you have something to aspire to and, and to actually strive to submit to and then see what happens from there. So it, it means the world to me to know that, you know, it offered you that. Um, and otherwise we would have never crossed paths, which I, I can't yeah. imagine. Um, so how would you describe your styles, uh, your style as a filmmaker? I, I love that question because, uh, I'm a big style guy now, especially as I'm, as I'm getting older. I, uh, you know, I would say like, like, like I want it to be like, especially with my new film, like hyperkinetic in a lot of ways and very, very engrossed. And uh, I'm really interested with, uh, a couple things I love and I want to start to have this like real concentration on production design because uh, I, I really love cinematography and I, I love I love all the the niche and the nitty-gritty of it but at the same time for me if the frame is boring if if there aren't things going on in the frame uh, details uh, all that type of small stuff then you then you're losing uh, a lot of the potency that you could have so and there are examples where like 
stripping down is the best thing. But for me, I've always been like a maximalist type of filmmaker. Uh, and I just love that approach to it. I also, uh, with that with that aesthetic and that uh, maximalist aesthetic, I always pair it really with, because I'm obsessed with uh, this idea of characters basically just destroying themselves to get their goal or being willing to, uh, to the, the goal being so palpable and uh, so dangerous that they destroy themselves to get it. You know, I find that dynamic so unbelievably interesting. Uh, I don't think it's really in a lot of the films I submitted, but that's everything I've write. Everything I'm writing, it's all about this character who wants something and this this fatal flaw, whether it's like ego or hubris or or, or vanity or something. It 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 ships them away and and it, they basically destroy themselves at the end of the movie. I, I've always loved films like that, and I just think it's so ripe for emotion and uh, stakes and conflict. It's it's just what I find myself gravitating towards i love hearing you talk about it i like your your passion and energy for it comes through um and it's just so interesting that you you readily admit that that wasn't part of a lot of the work that i've seen and yet this is the storyteller that you've become um and i love this idea yeah. of characters destroying themselves I, I don't think i've ever heard that phrasing before um but i love it and it's interesting because as you're talking i'm thinking of of two films that I want to recommend to you and to anyone listening um, from last year, uh, a dramatic submission um, called Fu, um, which I always sort of pronounce wrong, P-H-O. Um, and uh, that film, it, it, it's funny, you, you wouldn't watch it and necessarily think that it was maximalist in the imagery uh, and cinematography. But if you really look at it, it's just it, it's an absolute masterclass of how to pack the frames with so much delight for the eye. Um, and it's also, in a sense, about a character who is destroying himself en route to completing his journey. Um, and then another film, which I've just recently revisited, it's from 2019. It's an animation called Keys. And even though it's an animation, there's so much attention to what we see in every frame. And I, I just happened to come across it and I'm, I'm doing a, a roadshow in Utah next week and I, I'm watching it and I'm like, oh my, I, I have to teach this film. Like I'm seeing so much more in it just looking at it from an analytical perspective. And you're smiling because have you seen it? Yeah, no, Keys is great. I, that, I, Keys is really great. Uh, there's, there's a sequence in Keys when she starts playing the piano and she gets better as she's going and it like starts to and then it and then it shifts to like a 2d animation style and it's i remember watching that uh after the festival of 2019 because i didn't catch it at the best fest or anything and being like i just that's a great one foe's also really really great i remember seeing that uh at the best of fest and the first shot is like if i'm not mistaken it's like uh clotheslines right Correct. it's a shot like horizontal diagonal clotheslines and i'm surprised that i remember this uh with like a blue sky in the background and i'm just like okay so this like this one of those films <laughs> i immediately i immediately knew i was like okay you we got some we got some we got some energy going exactly and i'm not surprised that you remember it because you're you're clearly a student of the craft and uh, i can only imagine whatever i see from you next is going to everything that you've done is like leaps and bounds above what you did before it so 
the fact that you're remembering these little details is amazing. And you write about keys. There's animations within the animation, which is something yeah. I'm, I'm going to be talking about. And I'm, I'm like, who, how do you think of that? Like, who puts animation inside the animation? And there's several examples of it. And, and that's just what's so awesome about my job is getting to see these things and to be the one that's looking closely enough to appreciate it and hopefully ultimately reward it. Uh, but anyway, um, and both films are also kind of about characters destroying themselves. Yeah, there's one thing I was listening to the podcast with Hudson uh, earlier, and because I love Friday, Friday is terrific. And y'all brought up something that the tie little thing in the in the movie. Yeah, that actually I watched that at the Best of Fest thing, and I swear I was the only person that recognized it. it and that is that is maybe the most brilliant thing i've seen and i don't mean to be i don't mean to be like that but that may be the most brilliant thing i've seen in a student of film and i i remember being like how did no one see that how did no one how did no one see that well it was easy to pass by you know yeah. and yeah, yeah and it's almost like maybe you're just lucky um or maybe you're really that in tune um with what you're watching because you care so much about the craft I, are you in touch with hudson are you guys like yeah, friendly yeah, now I, I, yeah, I talk to him uh, sometimes. He's yeah, dope dude. Great film. I'm excited to I'm excited to see what he does next. Oh man, the two of you working together, I can only imagine <laughs> what that would uh, produce. Um, this is awesome. I, I just I love uh, you know everything that you're revealing is is so useful for our listeners. Um, and, and you know I'm I'm just so grateful to be speaking with you. So, which of your films are you most proud of, and why? You know, it's, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm not proud of any, like, it's hard because it's, it, for me, it's very, like, I create because I, because that's just me. At the same time, I never watch my movies. I, uh, I never really revisit my movies. And maybe it's just because I can't help but not, like, I, I just see the flaws. Every are are time. you squirming at Best of Fest when Holographic Dreams <laughs> comes on? I mean, I, I can only imagine because I know I would be. Yeah, and Holographic Dreams is also that. Yeah, I I wasn't that one's not as bad because it's not like I'm playing like I'm not like relying on the audience to like laugh or to uh, or to not. But and and that's the thing too is I've never seen my comedies in in, in a live with a live audience. Uh, and so you only I only get like I only I got like a lot of like like a really dark comedy which we made like last year did really well at like South by in like Seattle International Film Festival and got like the audience award and the best overall. But the thing is, I, I have no idea how the audience reacted to that. They must've liked it, but uh, I think, I think in seeing an audience enjoy your, your piece of art makes you look at it differently. And uh, so I would say, I would say the one I'm most proud of probably just narc in a little way just because that was like we made that in, we made that in quarantine so much stuff was going wrong with that and it's it's a little it's just you know we had no gear we had very little equipment it was just it was just people who really wanted to make a movie and it, it turned out good and it's so surprised like we lit one of the scenes was just like we didn't sh we just found like a little light and we we're like i guess this is what we're using <laughs> you know it was really just like we're making a film because we have to because we because we we want to it's a great example though of and i can see why i can see why it would be a, a favorite you know because the it, the story came from you and 
it's a great example of the story being king, right? I mean, it doesn't really matter that the production, I mean, sure, it would be great if you had better equipment and better experience, but the story is so engaging. The characters and the conflicts are, are so engaging that you're able to look past that. And after a while, you're just so engrossed in the story that it doesn't really matter nearly as much. Um, and yeah, I mean, and that was a favorite of our judges as well. Um, like I said, in a, in a very competitive year. Uh, yeah, the, uh, sorry to interrupt you. You can go ahead. No, 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 I go ahead. I was going to move on. Okay, yeah, I, it was, it's just like, I'm 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 a I'm I don't want to say I'm a writer first or because I know people talk about that a lot, but it is something where it's like I don't make a movie if I'm not completely invested in the story, like completely, like like the 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 script the movie stands just on the story alone because that's that's something that's going to be the difference between someone turning it off and keeping it on is the story. Like you can have the best visuals, and you, in my opinion, I think you need them to really take your film like sure. into. To, to get the most and uh, get the most out of your film, so you're not limited in the story in any way. But I, I can't, I can't, I can't not like uh, look at story as such a such a fundamental part of a film. Yeah, and and you know, for me, watching thousands of student films every year, one of the most painful things I experience is watching a film that is incredibly well produced, but you don't care about it. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the point of, I always say that, like, what's the point of making something if no one wants to watch it? And like, I, what I mean by that is like, not in like a, oh, you have to be flashy. You have to keep your audience, but you need to make something that connects at least or engages. You don't have to have them make them feel good, but they can't turn it off. They can't, they, your audience shouldn't want to turn your film off. I, I could not agree more. Um, and unfortunately, you know, so many emerging filmmakers go the other route, right? It's, it's all about the production. And, and obviously that's super important and you want the whole package ultimately. But if you don't have the story, all the production in the world doesn't matter. And there's so many films that we receive that no matter how great they look and sound and some really interesting techniques, again, you just don't care. And if I don't care, there's too much other content competing with it. I'm going to move on to something else that connects with me. And sometimes that's a film shot on a phone about, you know, uh, uh, I mean, I just remember this other film um, from way back. I think it's 2014. Um, now I can't remember the name of it, uh, but it's about a girl who is homeless and living in a car with her mom and her little sister. And she's just filming it on her phone, a temporary home, it's called. And she's living in this car with her mom and her sister and like gets out of the car and has to go to school. And she's living in a car and she's just talking about how, how hard life is and what it's like to go to school coming from that home situation, that temporary home situation. And it's produced horribly. I mean, I, I hope she wouldn't mind me saying that, but that's not what matters, right? It's just yeah. this incredibly genuine and powerful story that everyone needs to see so that they can look at their life and be more grateful and to understand, you know, what it's like maybe to walk in someone else's shoes. Um, so yeah, I mean it, yeah, story first, and, uh, I'm glad that you're a storyteller first. Uh, I, I wanted to ask before, so I'm just going to do this before we do a deep dive into holographic <laughs> dreams. Um, are there any specific influences, um, that come to mind as far as, you know, this sort of emerging Jackson Coates who wants to maximize, maximize frames and, you know, tell these stories of destroyed human beings overcoming the odds? 
<laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, I have, I would say aesthetically, uh, I really love Jacques Tati films. Uh, I like Playtime a lot, uh, Traffic. He has this really great way of blending comedy directly into the production design and into the aesthetic and it makes it this like a uh, very very singular idiosyncratic uh, vision and I, I really love that uh i will something that like i hesitate to say as an influence because i think there's a lot a lot of negative connotations around his films and kind of recently but i think is such an interesting filmmaker is adam mckay uh he has i'm not the biggest fan of his films just just objectively speaking but when I watch his films, there's so many crazy decisions that I see. And I'm like, what? Like, like I've, I just haven't seen, like on the new Winning Time movie on HBO or show on HBO Max, they shoot it on three different formats on film, digital, and then VHS. I don't know if that's something that I would ever do, but that's something I've never seen before. And I've seen like, I've seen a ton of movies. And uh, there's just a lot of a lot of his idiosyncrasies. I think are really uh, interesting and 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 get my get my like creativity going. So I, I wouldn't say he's like someone I, I I'm gonna be I'm a cite as an influence, but uh, no, I just it's interesting. I, I I totally see his work the same way. Uh, and I'm yeah. I'm watching Winning Time, and when it's good, it's so good. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No. <laughs> and when, but unfortunately, I, I found it to be, you know, as, it get, as, as the, each episode comes out, I, I found it to be a bit uneven in, in engagement and story. Um, yeah. But, man, when he's on, when, when he Just, does yeah. his playful stuff, with, you know, balancing humor and, 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 and the depth of the drama, it's, it's unbeatable, you know? Um, yeah. But. Uh, and then I also think, uh, we were talking about the characters and with Obsession and all that stuff, Aronofsky. I kind of does that, I think, with nearly every movie off the top of my head, but like with Requiem, uh, Black Swan, The Wrestler, just about tragic characters that, because of just their, the, how human, how humanistic they are, they will, you know, they will only continue down this degradation path, this uh, degrading path. And, uh, you know, his films, his films really reveal a lot about like, I hate to say it, but the human condition and kind of what it means to, to be someone struggling with, with, uh, with yourself and your, in, in, in just be being, uh, uh, I don't know how, like your, your own wants and needs being your biggest obstacle, which I think is such a human, human thing. It's like with, whether it be, uh, your obsession for, for, uh, for more or for, uh, pat, like for saturation, indulgence, it's it, these really human uh, characteristics that are shared with, I think it should be shared with every character, but uh, these, these conditions are what, are what caused the downfall of so many people. And I, I think that's just a really interesting dynamic. I, I love it. And it's, it's, it's fascinating that you mention Aronofsky because his films are kind of a good example of the, the two worlds that you're coming from with like that Marvel, early Marvel influence, right? Like taking things super far and, yeah. and to a fantastical level. And then these other films that are really rooted in these like, you know, stories about the human condition, you know, he sort of, in a way, I mean, it's, I'm, it's, I'm oversimplifying it, but <laughs> you know, marries kind of those two words worlds. I, I have a, a film I have to recommend to you that you probably haven't seen. Um, it's called Kindergarten Teacher with Maggie Gyllenhaal. 
Oh, okay. Was that pretty recently? Yeah, it's pretty recent. Uh, I for, I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure, but it's it's your kind of movie. It is? She okay, I'll, I'll cannot it. get out of her own way. Did she direct that one? No, she didn't. She she directed okay. The Lost Daughter, which is is also either one of those. Um, okay, are, okay. are your cup of tea for sure. Um, okay, so we got to talk about holographic dreams, uh, and, and we're not talking about the experimental film from 2020, although we are. Um, I, let me just be the one to say, and, and you're gonna, th everyone's gonna think I'm just I'm making this up because of your film that you made about it. I was not a big fan of the original experimental holographic dreams. <laughs> and I remember debating it with our other judges who were like, no, this is really cool, man. And I'm like, look, besides the burning baby head, what did this film do for you? Which, I mean, that image at the end of the film is like, how do you not love that? Yeah. And, and I'm like, it's what, there's nothing here. It's not about anything. And, and I, I'm having these debates. I kid you not. <laughs> and then in 2021, just one day at my computer reviewing submissions, because I'm always the first round, you know, on my screen appears, we're not, there, our intention is not to disparage the All-American, we love All-American or whatever. And I'm like, oh boy, where are we going? <laughs> and you make an entire film about this fake film that you submitted that I didn't really care for. Um, and that ended up being successful with us. Um, tell me about this two-year odyssey. Yeah, man. Where did it, that it's... idea come from? Like, who thinks of that? That's what people that's what people ask me a lot. And I don't have an answer genuinely. Uh there's a couple, there's even some there's some I have some wild, like some crazier things that I've worked on in the past that we'll see. It'll, that'll, that'll come to light probably one day. But it's it, I have just this really weird way, because I'll just be sitting and meditating on a lot of stuff and over it just it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until it's like this like colossal thing in my head. I'm just like, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And at, at I remember a point when many people would turn away at like, okay, yeah, this is just not possible. You're like, no, I'm, I, this is what I want to do. And the, like, I need to, I need to acknowledge too, that like the documentary and everything was like in, involved with a lot of people like Gopal, uh, Gopal Bala, Dewu Tafsir, uh, Shruti Maram, Ryan Little. So many people were really fundamental in creating this because uh, the, that's the thing it's so big like I, I could not have done it by myself uh, I did I, I, I remember coming to people with this idea and Dawood was always on board Dawood was always like okay because that's the type of person he is but uh, you can, it, it comes across very early in the film <laughs> you make it seem like he's like yeah you're crazy man but you can tell he's into it yeah he I will say I will say everyone else though was kind of like uh I don't know, Jackson. That's a little. That seems fun, but like, <laughs> and 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 I, to their credit, I will say, when it started, it Hologram Dreams was very much uh, an outline. It was like we're we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna see where it goes. You know, if All American didn't like it, uh, then we wouldn't have a movie. If South by Southwest didn't like it, we wouldn't have a movie. So the caution is completely warranted. Uh, but yeah, I would say re genuinely when you ask like, where did the idea come from over time, just building, it just got bigger and bigger. Uh, did and it then... come from, did it come from seeing, you know, 
teenage productions that were experimental just being super pretentious and you're like really like yeah did they actually put any thought into this or is this just completely over the top trying to be different yeah and that's it completely did because i'm a big fan of experimental films right like me too one of my yep. yeah experiment like it, it the best of experimental films can be fantastic one of my favorite films is a film called symbiopsychotaxiplasm and I also love, love, love Eraserhead with my entire heart. I don't, I don't want to say it's an experimental film, but I, I love, I love things that do crazy things differently. And there are some, like, there are some fantastic experimental sh- student short films, like the one we lost to that year, Fever Dream. Fantastic. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So, so maybe it came from a rudimentary, like, like, oh, these, like, I just kind of grouped every student short film into one category. But yeah, I would watch, would watch these experimental films, and they'd be like the message would be like phone is bad or like uh really like really root like really basic uh like basic themes and i think they thought they were much larger than they are just because they had a couple references to uh, larger dynamics so i was like you get a good camera you get a good you get some you get a talented editor like gopal we got like who knows what could happen and you throw around these these things and what's so beautiful about just people is they will make those connections they will make those dots like there's there's we didn't get a lot of the footage on in the documentary which sucks uh, but there were people that were going on like like would text me and would talk about like the references to god and the fear of the main character in in especially the staircase to have the stairway to heaven uh, the baby being as like a metaphor for uh, like burning childhood or like a degradation of like of, of purity. And I'm just like, that's so beautiful. That's so like, it's stupid on like, it's a, it, the context makes it all sound stupid. It makes it sound like, oh, well, they're just connecting the dots. But the fact that that we just have an inclination as like viewers to look at art in a like a holistic way is so interesting. And I find it I find it so compelling. And, uh, and you know what's it, it? It's fascinating to hear you describe it that way, and and that is what we do. Um, and it's I think that's one of the beautiful things about the experimental genre is that we work harder at it, right? We're more engaged yeah. with it. And you would think it would almost be the opposite, but other films who are you know that are connecting the dots to 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 a greater extent for us, we're lazy, right? Okay, yeah. just entertain me. I'm going to sit back and I'm going to laugh or I'm going to, you know, watch this true crime thing and and just let the story unfold as it will. But with experimental, you can't do that. You have to work um in many cases to to figure it out and to to marry tone with intention and all these different things. Um and and people do it. And people who wouldn't normally yeah. do it, especially if they're friends of yours or something and they're not experimental film watchers, they don't really have a lot of background. They're like and I'm going to work for Jackson on this. And I'm going to, I'm going to like, you know, really exercise my mind to take my experience and understanding of what I'm seeing on screen and marry it with what he's sharing, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, okay. So y- you decide that you're going to make this fake movie and you really do care though. You really are passionate about this idea of doesn't tension matter. Yeah, yeah, like even even at the very beginning stages, when we didn't know the ending, and I didn't know anything like that, the whole idea was 
like uh can you tell can you tell intention from behind a film or like people because like i i'm a fan of modern art like i i'm i'm a legitimate fan of modern art and i can't like back everything i can't argue defend everything but you know i did find merit in that so i it's it was this larger question of and, and and that's the thing is i i i'm not like i was in a lot of art history classes on some art classes as, as a high schooler and they always said intention is what really really matters it's like you look at this like painting it's just red it's just a color red it's not the actual product it's the process the artist took and i agree to that to a certain extent like i think context like especially with traditional art context is so important but with i think other sort of mediums it really i always thought it was just like it's really what you think the director can say oh this means that and this means that as much as they want to but when you and people say this all the time when you uh when you finish your film it's not yours anymore like you have your own separate film that like is yours and means what it means to you but if those themes don't come across if those themes do come across it's the audiences it's 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 completely up to interpretation and i i i guess in a roundabout way i was just trying to see i was it was an experiment i was going to see what 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 was the real what's the real meaning of film were you surprised yeah i was very very surprised especially at the nomination and especially at the south by southwest because i will say like uh we had like you know uh we had like a good camera we had really talented editing we had a great score uh, it looked really pretty the color grade wasn't bad like it had like these polished details where it's like okay we're going to get in i was pretty confident we were going to get in but it it really was just a wild thing to see how it developed because it was completely out of my hand at that point. It's, it, I mean, it's, and it's making both of us seem so foolish right now because we just spent like 10 minutes talking about how story is everything, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I'm completely aware of the contradiction. And yet it did succeed because it was nice to look at. Yeah. And because yeah. of everything we were just talking about, about connections and, you know, the way that we will work harder for experimentals. But it it there's an irony here to, to yeah. the fact that this thing worked. And and my approach will always be so rooted in story. At the same time, I do acknowledge like some of my favorite films of all time. Like film is just such a broad thing that yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, this this creative cares more cares more about this thing than they are doing it wrong. Like that's that's stupid. Uh so I do acknowledge that like it's such a it's such a wide thing and the way film affects people is so different that you can't like simplify it to one certain element. I do that with story, but I, I, you know, I do recognize that it's such a broad spectrum that there are, there are cases where cutting the film down to it's like bare, uh, bare essentials will leave a, a, a harder impact, a, a longer impact than if you uh, told everything, you, you said everything you wanted to say. Yeah, uh, you, <laughs> wise beyond your years. Mr. Coates. Um, yeah. And it, you're just, my, my mind is spinning here because I'm thinking about, I also, I love modern art. I love all art. Um, and you know, there's pieces that should, I, I don't know. Like, I'm like, why do I like this? You know? Yeah. And like yeah. you said, like a painting that's just red, like a Rothko or something like, why do I love looking at this thing? And yet then I'll look at something else and it might not even be that different. And I just don't like it or I don't get it. And I'm like, yeah. why would you make this? Um, 
and I, I like to paint. I started, that was my thing. I started painting during the pandemic. Um, I was trying to keep my boys busy and we had a bunch of old paint cans laying around. It's something I always wanted to do. And so we just started painting anything we could find. There was zero intention. And every time I tried to have intention, I didn't like what I made. And every time yeah. I just made, I liked it. Um, so this whole thing, I mean, there's a personal connection here for me. I won't deny that. Okay, so let's get back to the film. So you make this fake film. It's successful. You're surprised. But now you've got a much larger mission. Um, you've got to figure out now how to tell this in a documentary and to do it in a, such a gracious way, um, which <laughs> is, again, beyond your years. There, there's a maturity to it. Um, but you're filming the whole time. So this is like... Dawood yeah. is, is there, he's got a camera, and he is doing everything. Dawood is there on set for the entire, like, we, were, we filmed for like 12 hours. I don't know how many hours he got. I think it was close to like five or six or something. Uh, and then we, he had some editing footage. So yeah, we were looking at about eight hours of footage. And then we have like some multimedia stuff that we got to include to like get a lot of information across. Uh, That's one of my favorite parts, by the way. And I, that's interesting. It's like the the uh, the animation or the uh, yes, uh, the, the animation, the abstract stuff. Um, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, you know, all the mixed media, the the text messages, it, because because it's all the way that you do it. And I get to see so many of these types of things, right? And I see people do it wrong. And so when it's right, when it's seamless, like the way you do it, when it's not pretentious, when it's purposeful, I really appreciate it. Um, and you animated me which was yeah, perhaps yeah. A, oh, actually not it, the first it, time, but, it, it, but it, yeah, I think you did a couple of times. Yeah. I, I actually remember because that eight seconds of animation took me two weeks. <laughs> like it took me way too long. And, and, and I'm not an animator. I'm not even, I'm barely an artist. I, all I did was I was like, okay, I needed, I, I sent Leah and also Leah's the editor. She's the one who, did the work if you're talking about like uh like uh, he did did a stupid like an absurd amount of work also did the graphics for turning point and the graphics for holographic dreams so actually actually a champ and i can't i can't praise her high enough but uh for the animation i sent leah a uh uh this video that was like a two second little animation video of basically what was the the baby burning and the smoke turns into like a, a frame and it was very very rough it was not the one that was in the film and she was like this is we could use this for a title card you know this is really interesting and she started to raise this idea of like what if we used it as a way to kind of uh like make the film more cohesive like like make it give it a theme because aside from uh the animation it came across as the original cuts came across as just a string of talking heads without real without any real personalization and the more we animated it and the longer it took uh this is also why the animation's purely why it was uh july 1st when we submitted it like the last day because we <laughs> we finished that right before uh but it yeah it was this i, I took I, I just started to take the the stills from like the awards show or uh, just stills from the images and i would because i'm not i'm not a drawer i couldn't make them from scratch so i basically went over every single still so i i redrew probably about like 
200 stills to make like eight seconds of animation. <laughs> so everyone listening, are you hearing what he's saying? So much more goes into what you see in the end. And that's why it's worth watching. Yeah. That, that amount of, you know, commitment and, and detail, it, it really, and, and that's what makes the difference because there's nothing worse than a documentary that's all talking heads. You absolutely need other content on screen that marries what we're hearing with what we're seeing. Um, and, and, you know, the film's a great example of that. It also is infused with personality and energy, um, which I guess is just your crew. You guys just have that. Yeah, um, yeah. But it's, that juxtaposes so well with the more serious interviews with you, very staged and, and you know, very well produced. Um, and I think it's that creativity. I think I called it rambunctious in my intro. There's like this, I don't know, there's this wild freedom. I love that. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, I think for me, it's like, like, why make something if it's not yours? And like, without, if it's lacking, if it's lacking your, your, your signature, your, your personality. And I think you talk about like I, I talked about maximalism before, but I would throw that like that animation thing into it in terms of like my how I view it because it is something where with Narc too, I had a lot of uh, stuff like that, and I have I'm gonna have a lot a lot of stuff like that in my new film, but it's putting the detail, like putting detail everywhere because the thing is people won't recognize it, and that's sad. That's just how film is; they don't recognize the detail on first watch, but it's the small things that that maybe go unnoticed that build the world. It builds the theme, it builds characters. They don't feel like actors anymore. Now they start to feel like like people inside this macabre world. Like you watch NARC, I don't think anyone thinks it's a real movie, that it's like happening for real, you know, but it exists and hopefully so it exists. I want my exist my films to exist in a different world in this in this world that's bursting with like so much all the time. You know, and I think I think those small steps, like the animation, it, it doesn't it doesn't feel like that much, and it took a lot of time, but it it adds to the world and the uh, the overall cohesiveness of the film. If that makes sense. It makes a ton of sense, and I I think an unexpected turn in the conversation is that I'm starting to be able to define your style um, across all of these very diverse projects that you do. It's like this very real thing inside of a package that isn't real if yeah that makes any sense i i, I want a better way to articulate it i think I, i'll come up with it over time here but th those those two things coexisting is at the root of mr coates's vision yeah i and i think that's that's because i know what i know what you're hitting at which is like i watch i watch there's so many so many talented filmmakers that like i've seen go through all american that uh you know they have such a different different style and you know like off the top of my head uh like grace gallagher's like films where she's very subtle it's so it's it's so much said through the unsaid and like hyper realism and, and you're yeah. absolutely and she's yeah. amazing yep and i could never do that you right. know, just just because of just because I I don't I don't think it's I don't think I have it in me. I'm way way too obvious and to like be like isn't like like take take the absurdities of our world and show them even more absurd. Uh, and so it, it's it's this thing where it's like 
I, you you need to, as much as I love, like my favorite films of all time, like I have a come and see poster behind me. That's like one of the most bru- like brutal, realistic films. My favorite films are so unlike my style, but I'm never going to make a film that's not completely me because it's going to come off. It, it, the audience will know when it's not, when it's not you, you know, you can't just make something that feels you, you can't make something just because you're like, oh, this would be a really cool story to tell. It has to come from a, a, a sincere, genuine place. And, and uh, I, I, I'm so excited to continue. I think because I think as I get older, I'm going to start to like uh, reel in my my maximalism, my maximalism and go for go for like a hybrid of like uh, narratives and just like and and that like saturation that I love. Uh, but for right now, it's like. I just want to throw everything to the screen. I, you know, that, and that's, I think I'm 20. I'm like, I'm a college student. I don't have to play dress up and, and be like, oh, I'm going to, this film's going to compete at Sundance. It's like, no, this film is me. You know, that's, that's what I want. I, I love your passion comes through. Um, and <laughs> I, th- I think, it, you know, it does make perfect sense to be able to admire the work of others that is so different from our own style. Um, and I find myself gravitating to that all the time as well. Um, and I think there's a lot to learn from it. It doesn't mean we change our style. We, we, yeah. you know, we are who we are. But I did just write down, just as you were saying it, that your goal for the next 10 years, perhaps, is maybe letting it breathe. Maybe, maybe working on, on that as something that you can add to your style to take it even to another level. Um, you know, yeah. and, and maybe not. Maybe not, but maybe that's never going to be a part of who you are as a filmmaker. But and, and I'm sure that if we went back and looked at your work, there are plenty of moments of, of where you let it breathe. Um, but it sounds like that's something that, you know, maybe over time you might want to incorporate based on what you admire in the work of others. Um, I want to say this before I forget. I loved Turning Point. Um, and I, I believe I wanted to it was it may have been I don't remember the other nominees off the top of my head, but I believe I wanted to nominate it for best documentaries for the record. Um, and uh, it, part of it was probably that I, I was like a boomer and had never actually heard of that phenomenon and, and, and that story. Um, and I really felt like it was so comprehensive that by the time I was done with it, I really understood that cultural phenomenon that occurred. Um, Harangue, is that it? Harambe? Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. Harangue, so the that's funny, a, yeah, the that's funny a, thing about this is Harambe is like, and, and it's probably because it was just in like a really like, it was the zeitgeist of like 16 year olds. Yeah, and I see it now. Now I, you know, I see references to it and I'm like, I'm in the know. Thanks, Jackson. Yeah. And it, see, the, it, the thing is, it was so, it was the biggest meme of like our freshman year of high school. And it got so unbelievably big in like two months that it became like, like, a, a crazy cringe like just like no one talked about it because it was like oh that was like that was don't bring that up that was like so long ago and i i came up with this idea of like an analytical look at like meme and like internet culture and like uh, mob behavior mob mentality uh through these like interconnections and like uh, through through the internet uh and i started coming to people like hey i want to make a documentary and they're like okay cool what what, what do you want to make it on yeah, i'm like well, so it's about Harambe, <laughs> and and I I got many people did not want to do it with me. I found uh, Arjun and Leah again, who trusted me enough to to really bring it to life. Uh, but yeah, I I had a I had a hard time getting that movie made. <laughs> you know what's it's so fascinating because now like looking back, it was our younger judges who were sort of like, yeah, it's good. 
And I'm like, what do you mean? This is fascinating. It, it, so much is the personal attachment to the topic that if you're over it, then you don't even see what, like, I, I, I thought it was a fantastic documentary. And they were like, they didn't even care probably because they were just like, really? It's about that, you know? Yeah, yeah. People, it's, it's an automatic turn away. Uh, but I knew there was something there. I, I was like, I was like, there's something here. And like, if I can take Harambe and make it into a good movie, like, isn't that like, isn't that just, isn't that crazy? And everyone was like, I mean, I guess, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And it, it makes me question now whether intention matters as a judge just as much <laughs> as it matters as an artist. And I'm sure it does. Um, okay. We, we can go on and on. Um, I think we've done a pretty good job of, of talking about this. I, I, I would love to know, you know, how your friends felt about it who are in the film, who were victims of the ruse. Um, but I imagine that they felt just like I did. Um, what was the hardest part about this whole thing? Because it, 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 look, I, I'm just going to say it. I mean, it won the Maverick Award for a very obvious reason. It is one of the most unique submissions we have ever received. It is the most, one of the most unique concepts we have ever seen. And I want to know what made it, what was the hardest part? So, you know, it's, 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 an, yeah, that's, in, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think one part was just the doubt I had in it because it was so, so dependent on things going right. And it was unbelievably dependent on like something happening later on that would give me a climax that would give me, because I didn't have, the climax was going to be, oh, we got into All-American, which would have been like a really boring movie, you know, if that was the, if that was the main, uh, the highest point of tension. So that was, that was just like waiting for things to happen was tough. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I when I, another thing was I basically, the first couple drafts, uh, they weren't harsh towards All-American, I didn't think at least, but I would, I showed them around to people and everyone was kind of like, I don't think they're gonna like this, <laughs> and like, and and so over time, like that's we threw the disclaimer in at the last draft, at like the final draft, because we were like, okay, at the very least, hopefully they'll start the film with a fresh mind. But yeah, I, I, like a, a bit of a hard part was balancing that line of like making it come off as what like as like the love letter to all American that I wanted it to be, and still kind of like what what really happened, uh, while also not turning it into like a like a hit film you know which which i think my mom when my mom was like you're gonna burn bridges jackson don't do this like you're they're gonna you're gonna make people mad like don't you want to go to south by and she was like i was like i got i have to i have to do it though <laughs> I, I i admire that so much and mom i hope that you will listen to this i'm sure you will um i i want you to know that it all worked out. Everything's okay. I think I said at the be very beginning, one of the first things I said is that I really like Jackson. So all uh, is good uh, on the front. You know, just hearing you talk about it that way too, it, there's, there's like three distinct levels to this film. Um, it's a love letter. It's a challenge of the perception of art. It's two films. It's, I mean... There's a whole other thing I need to think about regarding the levels here. You know, it's participatory yeah. um, in multiple That's... ways because because you're a participant in it and we're a participant in it, and then your friends are a participant in it. And I would even let's say the the audience 
uh, the audience who watches the film becomes a participant of it. I what, What's the most interesting, and I really hope I have this moving forward in my films, but Holographic Dreams was the first time people saw a movie, saw my movie, and then would, like, talk to me for hours about it. Like, and it just because it was something where it's, like, it's it is so wide. It's like, and it, that's not because of me. Like, I don't think it's because of like me planning anything. It's just because the nature of the film is so sprawling with, with what it, with the questions it raised that people go off on all these different tangents. I was at the uh, Sheraton the, the night after the, the award ceremony. And I was talking in the hallway with uh, like a film teacher, like a film a high school film teacher. And we were talking for like 10 minutes and then the, the the conversation digressed into like, uh, I think it was uh, Carl Jung, and he started talking about like uh, the, the the like a lot of like the meta metaphysical and like and and this idea of of when you reel like takes takes so many layers off of the meta that it becomes. Point is, it, 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 the conversations just go become endless, and I'm like, and that's always something that is so interesting. If if I can like make someone talk. And just think about the, the media and think about the art. That's why I love. That's why I love film. And uh, I, I just think holographic dreams is is so so fun to see people talk about. <laughs> it, what a nice launch pad for for conversation. And after a while, yeah. you're like, well, what were we talking about again? Oh, right, right, this film. Yeah. Um, well, congratulations on that. A, a tremendous success and and this achievement um, that certainly did not come easy. It was hard fought. Um, is there is there one aspect of it? I th- you may have just basically described it, but is there is there an aspect of it that you're most proud of? Just the fact that you did it. The fact that no, and that sounds yeah, it it sounds like a stupid answer, but it, the fact that it that it worked, that it worked out, you know, because it, and and also that like, I I put uh, it I could put have the, been a colossal waste of two years. It really could, it could have. have been, sure, it could have been. I put the film on Letterbox. Uh, which is like a uh, like a movie review thing where users can yeah. So I put the, the, I put the film on Letterbox before the documentary came out. So it's like the Letterbox for both, but I think at the time it was just the experimental. And that was another place where you see like <laughs> it's those reviews are super interesting because it's it's they have like the veil of a non uh, like anonymity. Mm-hmm. So they're talking what they actually think, and again the 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 reviews fluctuate with people being like, I just think this was kind of pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, there's, there's just the, the fact that it's such a, that there's, there's such an array of feelings on everything, on the experimental, on the documentary. It, that's, it's, that's the thing I look back at it and, be, and, and say like, they just talked, they talked about, they talked about it all. And that made it all worth it at the end of the day. It was such, such a stupid long time. And, you know, it worked out and I'm so happy it did. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Um, and it's well-deserved. That goes without saying. Um, briefly, because we've talked about it a lot, but how would you describe your experience at the festival last year? Man, I, 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 it's hard for me to put into words All-American sometimes because it is something where it was so... It was the thing for me for like so long, like so, like it was something where it's like every year I was like, and and the crazy thing was, 
I didn't have, I didn't have a real shot to compete in it until I was like a junior. And then I didn't have a real shot to get a nomination until I was a sophomore. I mean, until I was a senior. And then I didn't have a chance to get all the win until like South, like all that, all the, the stuff about holographic dreams happened. And it was this, it was this weird, like surreal moment for me. Cause it wasn't even, it wasn't even about walking across the stage. It was the fact that like, I started as like, I was the first thing I remember about all American is I found it on Google when I was looking for film festivals to submit to when I was a freshman, I was in my bed. I remember this. And I was like, I'm going to win this one day. And I told myself that. And then over the next four years, I was basically just like getting like, like I was getting rejected left and right. And like my films just objectively weren't that good. And it took, it took like, that's the thing I think a lot of people don't see is the process. You don't see the failures. You only see the successes mm -hmm. of, of like, you know, you look at Instagram, you only see genuinely the successes. And so it took like, it was a whole come around. And, and at the very end, it was like, just like, I, I, it was weird. It was like, I felt like I, I felt like I, uh, not manifested it, but that I, 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 I knew what I wanted and I was like, I'm going to take these steps to get there. And then the fact that it worked out and the fact that it happened is I, I, I and that's not, I, I kind of went off on a tangent about all American, but uh, no, it's, it, it you, it it's might, hard to find a word. It might feel that listen, way. When talk about it, you listen to these people on the podcast, talk about it. It's kind of the same concept of just like, like, ex, like, especially if you're super passionate about film, it's just something where it's like, a, show, a place where you get recognized in a way like you've never been before and you never thought you could you know it's it's just a really great experience i cannot tell you how meaningful that is for me to hear um and i i cannot I, i'm overwhelmed with the parallels between your experiences and my experiences about the same thing from completely different perspectives right so here i am in my home office and this is where it happens, right? Everyone sees the yeah. end result, right? No one sees the process. The process is brutal. It's completely ungratifying. Right. It's incredibly yeah. tedious. There's spreadsheets. There are more failures than you can imagine. You know, I, I'm, I'm pitching to sponsors a high school student film festival, like getting people to invest in that demographic that I have poured my heart and soul in into and I believe in more than anyone could possibly. And then everyone, they're like, yeah, no, that's cute. That's really nice. Cute. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. Watch the films. Like, yeah. listen to Jackson talk about his, his work, the failures and success, the process, the, the building of this thing, saying, thinking like, okay, we're going to do this. Well, what if it doesn't work? What if there aren't really all these thousands of student filmmakers out there? What if we can't build a community, right? Like all of these things are the same. It, it reminds me of in 2016, we were lucky enough to be invited to the White House to talk to Obama's official videography team. And we invited Lucas Dong. Um, I know. And so, so we're there and we're, and, and his, his friend Max and we're there and we're in, doing behind the scenes for that. Right. And we're like at our hotel before we're going to go there the next day, we're talking about it. And we end up talking about the film festival and we're like, yeah, in year one, when you, when you guys were submitting, we had no idea if we were going to get anything good. And if we were able, even going to be able to have a decent student film festival, if this thing would even go anywhere. And they're like, 
so wait a minute, you were relying on us and yet we are relying on you to see if yeah. our work is any good. And it was like this symbiotic relationship that emerged that was just, and I still find it fascinating to this day. I need you. And yeah. yet and you're I, telling I, me I, that you, <laughs> we were a motivation that, that totally changed the pr- trajectory of your life. And I, I'm, I, I don't mean that in a, a, a way of bragging right. <laughs> sense at all. I'm, I'm just happy that it all works out and that, you know, we get to share yeah. this experience together. It's, it's incredibly meaningful. Um, what advice do it, you have? Oh, go ahead. No, please. Go ahead. The one, okay. The one thing I, I want to say is, because I think you'll see this more and more as the festival grows and as like, you'll just see more and more people. I was kind of like, you know, raised on All-American in a way where it was like, I was, I became like, a kid like it was like my state championship it was like my that's what i always refer to it as because people are yeah. like what do you do <laughs> the showcase of it's the national showcase or like international showcase of, of filmmaker of student filmmakers and i you'll just like i think you'll just start to see kids that grow up on all american well they'll they will be so in like kind of invested in the community in a lot of ways i i i listened to the podcasts when i was i listened to like i think every single podcast when i was a kid and it's just over time i think that's why also holographic dreams is so centered on all american uh and it's it's kind of at its core but you'll just see more and more filmmakers uh kind of grow up with all american in this interesting kind of development because it is in my opinion the only real high school film festival that takes kids seriously i think like i'm very grateful for my opportunities and other uh, high school film festivals i mean in other festivals but the problem is they just have a high school section and yeah. it's kind of like this oh these these kids these kids pressing the camera that's so cute uh but it was this was the only time i was like oh no like people are watching these people are watching you people care and it, it's it it gave it's everything to someone who's passionate and this is like they're calling it's everything to them in my opinion it was everything to me it's fantastic to hear that's the mission we, I, that, you know, when I was building it, I studied the remnants of other festivals that tried to do this. I looked at why they didn't work. I studied all of the major film festivals and their nice youth components. And, and ultimately, it's the same decisions that, you know, same uh, results that I came to. And it informed every decision I made when building it. It's got to be grand. It's got to be as big yeah. and, and, you know, elegant even as possible you know it's a i wanted it to be a grand celebration and because you guys deserve it and uh here we are and i hope we can be friends for a very long time and and you can continue to give back to the community in other ways as well um can you leave our listeners with a a piece of advice you know you're talking to your high school self here what do they need to know hmm i love giving people advice on the film so i'll 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 say a little i'll say a couple things uh if you're a writer read uh, I didn't read for a, a, a like good amount of my high school time, if I'm being honest. But it's so fundamental in a writer, and and you can't ignore it. So if you're a writer, read. There's a ton of, ton of, ton of literature. <laughs> so just just pick what sparks you and fall in love with reading. It doesn't really worry about what you. Read. Uh, for everybody else, watch movies. So 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 important. Uh, you got to fall in love with the medium. You got to see what what came before you. You got to see, I you know, see everything. If you don't if you don't see everything, how do you know what you don't want to make and what you want to make? And uh, how do you 
develop and enhance yourself as a filmmaker if you are only watching YouTube or stuff like that. And I don't mean to, I don't mean to say anything wrong with like watching specific mediums, but I think it's very, very important to watch movies. Uh, and lastly, I would just say failure is so ingrained in, uh, in, in, in the entire, entire process. I, uh, you know, I taught, I had a ton, a ton of early failure when I first started film. And that probably was because I didn't have cameras. I didn't have stuff like that. And uh, you just mature and develop your style as you get older. But then like after my high school run, after kind of like all American and a really dark comedy, I started to have this like, not big head about film, but I, you think it's easy. You think now you think you cracked it and you think you got it. And you got to remember that just failure will come at every single turn. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't come, then you're going to fail later. You need to fail to get better. Uh, and like I failed pretty recently. I, I know I'm saying the word fail a lot, but you know, I, I kind of had a stumble recently. And because I had that, I was able to take I was able to take my old mistakes and, and learn on them. And I I I I'm so much more confident going into my next film because I failed. And and that's a stupid thing to say, but it's like I'm so so confident because well, it's like do you even grow from success? Right? Yeah, you you, you grow you, from the failure. Yeah. You genuinely don't grow from success. You grow from success. You grow from failure to get success, and then you fail again, so you can grow a little bit more. It's so just don't like I was again. We, I was rejected from every film school. It's it's a part of the process, you know. It's if if it's really really meant to be. If film is really who you are, failure won't stop you, and it it it, it shouldn't scare you at a certain point too. So that's those are my little three three tidbits of advice. Wise words. <laughs> I could talk to you all day, uh, but I want to thank you, Jackson, for an insightful glimpse into your experiences and motivations as a storyteller. I encourage all of you to check out Jackson's work. There will be links in the description. And of course, thanks to all of you for tuning in and joining us. I remind you that this is just one of many in-depth conversations with the future of film, and we look forward to seeing you next time. And Jackson, I look forward to keeping in touch with you and cannot wait to see what you create next. Thank you. I look forward to it too. <laughs> Thanks, Jackson. <laughs>